Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. They travel past the 600 metre mark and it's last time they're getting on top. A half length clear. Tango Tino second. Now the Snooper Star is moving to third around Archade and two off to Demurl who's back last of all as they travel towards the 400 metre mark. It's last time they're getting a neck in front of Tango Tino. The Snooper Star is coming to the outside and they're clear of Archade and Demurl. Straightening up, they come down past the 250. It's last time they're getting the inside. A half length in front of Tango Tino. The Snooper Star, the outside is trying hard. Last time they're getting got a kick. He's rated perfectly in front. Butler and has drawn away close to home and won easily. Three lengths to Mural second. Third Tango Tino the superstar fourth and Archade last. Ash Butler had a treble at the Emerald Jockey Club tab program on Saturday including last Armageddon taking out the All Brands Toys Open over 1280 metres for Roma trainer Craig Smith as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab rounding up all of the country news. We're into the home stretch of the uh, 2022 Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede the last of the qualifiers coming up this weekend at Roma for the Roma Cup and the Open Quality plus the Atherton Stampede qualifier. And we'll let you know what has happened so far last weekend. The Stampede qualifier at Blackall went to Morris Press while the Home Hill qualifier was taken out by Tempo. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the uh, Julia Creek Cup underway for the program there on the weekend. They were able to conduct one race and that was all she wrote. But uh, we've got plenty of news to roll through on the show this morning. And as always, helping us out with plenty of news on Bushbeat is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Um, back in Longreach, back ready for Bushbeat this morning. And, Tony, you mentioned those country cups and country stampede uh, qualifiers. And a big thank you to Cole Truscott again updating that on the Racing Queensland website. But this is starting to get really interesting, Tony, because... Um, the when you look through both uh, the cups and the stampede, there's only 11 horses, 11 of the winners, my apologies, that are actually qualified uh, at this point in terms of the non-tab or the non-metropolitan uh, win situation. So it's a situation, a game, where some of the place getters are quite likely to make up the final field. And when you come to the sprint, there's only eight of the winners that have uh, met the non-tab qualification. And we even... More interestingly, I see Nick the Skip has won a Country Cups challenge. He was second to Halcyon House in the Stampede. But Mr Vista, when we'll hear the Mount Perry Cup, is also qualified for the Cups, but it's also qualified for uh, the Stampede out of a gain to win. So this is really starting to, well, take shape, but it's going to be uh, interesting because the uh, final nominations, I think they come up early next week, next Monday, is it, Tony? And then the acceptance is on the Wednesday. I think you might be right. You've left, you've left me scrambling now to make sure that, you know, because we have to remind everybody it's always a week earlier than what they're probably expecting. So I'm just going to scramble yeah, for the sure calendar. Yeah, Cole indicated right. last week, Monday nominate, and you must nominate, as like the Battle of the Bush, as That's you're it. looking for that. And then I'm pretty sure he indicated that Wednesday was the acceptances um, for it. So this final field is going to be really intriguing. And again, as you find even with Battle of the Bush, if you've run a placing somewhere along the line nominate because you could be making um, the final field when you take into place not all these um, runners may go down some aren't non-tab qualified some have that metropolitan clause that uh, makes them ineligible so um, really taking shape uh, and that's going to be the the focus of the next couple of weeks with the Roma meeting being the final uh, one and also the Atherton stampede will be the final one for it
It is a requirement to nominate for the final, i.e. horses placed in any of the qualifiers will not be automatically nominated for the final. This is straight out of the uh, race magazine uh, November issue, which uh, lobbed in everyone's mailbox and online over the last week or so. Uh, nominations for the finals close 11am Monday, November 21. Acceptances due 10am Wednesday, November 23. Scratchings will only be permitted after the acceptance deadline if approved by Curic Stewards. Jockey declaration is the following Wednesday, midday Wednesday, November 30. Early scratchings, 9am Wednesday, November 30. Final scratchings are 7.30 on the day on December 3rd. No nomination, acceptance or feature race fees will be applicable in the final. So that's straight out of the race magazine with a reminder that, yes, it is going to be that uh, little bit earlier for the 2022 Racing Queensland Country Cups Challenge and Country Stampede Finals. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be really intrigued to which, see which way Nick to skip and Mr Vista go, whether it be the Cups or the Stampede, Tony. We are going to have a look in detail at uh, some of those uh, results and the way that uh, field is shaping up. We heard the uh, dulcet tones of uh, Emerald's home caller in Scott Powell with their tab program on Saturday. Scotty, he's got a big assignment coming up this weekend when he's off to Claremont. He's joining us this morning on Bushbeat. Morning, Scott. Hey, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, good morning to you, Scotty. Uh, Another TAB event there at uh, Emerald on the weekend. And, Scott, I think the first thing to be said, this track at Emerald, is it back in, in its heyday with its appearance and the way that it's operating? Oh, it's, it's in tip-top condition. And, and uh, you can see from the vision, um, and I've heard a lot of remarks and saying how green it looked. And, um, you know, the, the sprinkler and irrigation system's back in play. Um, and the committee are doing a great job. Uh, they've had Warren Williams uh, from Brisbane, of course, liaising with uh, Raymond Williams uh, from Emerald, uh, just to get a few extra tips on the fertilising, um, you know, agents that, that they use and, uh, you know, when to water and obviously with the hotter months coming up and we've got a bit of a break now because that was the final meeting at Emerald until I think we've got a TAB meeting on January the 24th uh, next year. That's the first meeting for 2023. But overall, the race, uh, the track raced uh, very fairly. Uh, every horse got their opportunity and and, yeah, a lot of great remarks and saying how great it did look, mate, and I think it's back to near its best. I mentioned at the top of the show, Scotty, that uh, Ash Butler had a treble on the day. He started off with uh, Ashiko Bay with Clinton Taylor, continued on with uh, Craig Smith, as we heard, with last Armageddon, and then lined up in the benchmark 50 with Mark Patterson on Firelave. And just to make a bird of it, uh, Clinton Taylor came home bookending the program with She's Winning in the Last with Brooke Johnson. Yeah, no, they certainly had a great day up there, Tony, on Saturday, and, yeah, Ash Butler... Uh, he, he's riding in great form and, and at these country meetings in particular around that Emerald track he, he can sort of dictate terms on those horses that he can allow to roll along in front and, and you've seen with last time again and Ashiko Bay how he, he was able to dictate the speed in front and was able to boot him the way and, um, and then with Falave he sat in behind the speed that was set early over the 1600 and, and got it to the outside and run on strongly to be too good at the end but yeah Clint Taylor of course he's placing his horses to a nicety also and uh, I think he'll be making a trek down to Brisbane in the next week or so, uh, in particular with his smart one and Chinny Boom also, he did say. But, yeah, he booked into the program, and, and overall it was a great day's racing uh, up there at Pioneer Park. And we've seen, imagine that, the other winner, um, it actually won the maiden handicap ridden by Tash Chambers and trained by Jason Devine. Uh, Tash rode it to a, a nicety also in sitting behind the speed that was set early and was able to peel the odds on favour to the outside and was too strong to break its maiden status in race number two. Yeah, Tash Chambers and Nat Summers. They, uh, Quinella, uh, race number five on the program, and uh, good to see that win for Darby Amos and Sogni, uh, which wrapped up yeah. the program. 
Yeah, one of the outsiders, Sogni, of course, it did come to the outside. A lot of speed set early, Robbie, at that 1,000-metre race. And, and Sethlands and Sogni, they settled down to that two-horse wall and Sogni was able to get their head down where it counted right on the line. And it was at $41. And, and when you look at its form, that was probably way over the odds because uh, it finished fifth of seven at Townsville. Uh, it's the uh, start before that and wasn't beaten that far on that occasion. And that was a much stronger race. So, yeah, one that got under our eye, mate, and uh, one that got under the guard and... Uh, saluted at $41, and congratulations to Darby Amos from Charters Towers. Scotty, you seem to be enjoying the uh, the calling on, the, let's call it the rejuvenated grass track there at Emerald with uh, very clear, concise um, uh, calling again coming across on Sky Channel Vision. And uh, do you still... It's interesting when you're a race caller... Um, Certain days really uh, it allows you to shine. How do you feel the calling situation is going at the moment? Yeah, well, I've, I've, you know, obviously we don't get as many meetings, Robbie, as we did used to. Um, but yeah, get, getting the go of them TAB meetings and um, Amaral is, you know, one of the one of the top tracks that I call that around the region. And I do enjoy going to those country circuits as well. You know, with the the dirt tracks and you know you see the horses that can sort of handle them dirt tracks, but. On the big days, uh, in particular the Emerald 100 Day, as, as both you and Tony know, that's that's my pinnacle of the year, mate, the Emerald 100 Day, and it's not a tab meeting. But, um, yeah, the tab meetings are, are a highlight, and, yeah, you've got to, got to be really sort of on the, on your guard on them sort of days. We're counting down, of course, to the uh, the big final coming up for the Country Cups and the uh, Country Stampede final uh, going to be happening at Dermot on George Moore Stakes Day on December 3rd. And it's normally a couple of weeks out that we do this, Rob, but I'm thrilled to announce this morning that our guest with us right now, Scott Power, is going to be our guest caller for those two feature races at Durban coming up on George Moore Stakes Day. Scotty, you've done this before for us, jumping in with the Battle of the Bush, but a first time into the Country Cups, and thank, thanks for accepting the invitation. Mate, I'm absolutely humbled to receive your phone call last week, uh, Tone, and as you know, I had that much enjoyment uh, when I got down there to see all the country people and, and catching up with you, you lot down there as well. Uh, with the Battle of the Bush uh, back in 2019. But uh, to receive that phone call, mate, to say that I was humbled um, and absolutely privileged to get that um, is an understatement, mate. And I can't thank you enough and also uh, the support I get from Racing Queensland and along with uh, David and also Josh as well, mate. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a bit of a challenge, of course, the two on the, the one day, but um, we'll have to work, work hard, mate, and we'll get there in the end. Uh, congratulations, Scotty. <laughs> All I think is that completing the trifecta for you now with the Battle of the Bush and the uh, Country Cups and the Country Stampede. But I've got one quick question for you, mate. You are renowned for just standing there holding on to the binoculars, no stand or anything. When you do these big ones, is that how you do them as well? You don't need that stand. You just stand there and hold, hold the glasses. My nerves couldn't cope with that. No, I, um, I actually use the stand. I, uh, with the Battle of the Bush, I used... Um uh, actually got to use uh, the late Wayne Wilson's binoculars that David allowed me to use in, in his box at Eagle Farm uh, because it's closer to the winning post and they were on the stand as well. Uh, so I did use them there. I, I got to use uh, Pat O'Shea's, uh, the late Pat O'Shea's, when I called the um, race at Toowoomba with Anthony Collins and uh, all the boys down there, and I used them on the stand as well. So um, I'm guessing that um, at Doombin, I think I think that uh, where Josh calls from is the closest... Um, situation to be, Tone, and you'll be able to elaborate more on that, but 
I'm, I'm guessing I'll use the stand there as well, Robbie, just to try and paint that picture better, mate. I don't know that there's much legacy in Josh's glasses. I haven't spoken to him as to where his uh, binoculars have come from. Uh, but, yeah, you'll be uh, high above the, the judges' tower there in Josh's uh, broadcast box at Durban uh, for the uh, the big race day there. We used to joke, Rob, about those uh, uh, Carl Zeisses of Wayne Wilson's. He bought them in Germany when he was on a uh, an overseas uh, jaunt with Ambassador Travel. They're something like 12 by 75s. They look like big military field glasses, and we used to joke that you could see a jockey change his mind over in the back straight. <laughs> uh, we'll, we're going to get a, a vivid and accurate description with Scotty Power behind those binoculars. A great honour, mate. Congratulations. And uh, a good way to complete that uh, treble or trifecta, whichever way you want to look at it, with these three pinnacles of the country racing. Yeah, I still pinch myself, probably, as you know, mate. Um, been doing it. This is my 40th year this year, and um, you know, in particular, the last few years, just to get those opportunities that I've been getting and uh, just the, the hard work that you do in those earlier years um, with a lot more race callers around the area back then, um, not as many around now as we know, but uh, to get those opportunities at the city tracks is just uh, an absolute uh, privilege and honour, mate. Um, yeah, I can't thank everyone enough for their support. We know that you'll do a great job for us, Scotty. Congratulations again, and we look forward to seeing you in Brisbane. But, of course, you're off this weekend to Clermont just to keep the eyes uh, going along and keep the uh, the focal cords tested out. Yeah, mate, it's uh, always a, a great time up there at Claremont. They only race at two, uh, two meetings a year, and I was just talking to Billy before, Billy Bell, the president of the club up there, and he's already started to do the work on the track up there. And uh, the dirt track surface will have a bit of give in it. Um, he hopes that get about 10 mil of rain uh, between now and Thursday be fine. Um, just to sort of lay that dust a little bit. But, but overall, it's a terrific country meeting and they've sold tickets in, in big numbers and I know it's going to be a great day up there for them on Saturday. Oh, we wish them all the best with that Clermont program coming up on the weekend. We might get you back on the show uh, in uh, two weeks' time in the, on the, uh, the Tuesday edition leading up to it. We'll have the final field by then. We won't have the barrier draws, but uh, we'll be able to get your thoughts on those two feature races as we count down to the finals. Hey, thanks, Tony. Look forward to it, mate. Good on you, Scott. Scott Power there. Uh, looking back at Emerald's tab program on the weekend, and Rob, I'm just thrilled to make that announcement with Scott this morning. He's one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet on a racetrack anywhere around the countryside. Does so much away from racing for a lot of racing participants. And at the same time, he's a damn good caller. He's an extremely good caller, Tony. And I'll tell you what, from a personal point of view, um, he has been a wonderful help to people like myself in learning the craft of calling and 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 contributing and helping out with people like Andrew Watts when we go over to Emerald, letting us have a call and that type of thing. I might have taught him economics in grade 11 and 12, but I tell you what, he's taught me a lot about race calling. He's a top bloke. <laughs> Certainly is. Let's focus on the Country Cups Challenge uh, before we then get on to the Country Stampede. Going to play you the uh, closing stages of the Mount Perry Cup on the weekend. Uh, Darren Walker calling here with a, a little uh, forefront to it. Uh, apologies for the audio quality, but it's as good as we could get through regional cast. It's not quite as uh, solid or as clear as we would like, but it still gives you a great idea of how Mr Vista went at Mount Perry on the weekend. 500 metres left to go in the cup. And out in front is Bellicos giving the plane to chase. Mr. Vista is second as they start to pack up. Deeper on the track, Modern Family's coming into it with Mawarad. And the drillers starting to circle as well up towards the corner. And in front still Bellicos. Mr. Vista on the inside. The drillers working into it and then Coach will have both ball. It's Mr. Vista, 150 metres to go from Bellicos in second. But it's all Mr. Vista. Mr. Vista in front and Mr. Vista won the Yes, Mr Vista for Morgan Butler and Wendy Bannerow taking out the Mount Perry Cup there on the weekend. Wendy had a double on the program. Morgan with a treble, Rob. 
Yeah, they had a great day out there. And um, also, I'm going to mention Crystal Johnson and her performances out of that meeting as well. But Mr. Vista, there's that interesting runner now that has qualified in both of the Stampedes and the Country Cups. It's been over the sprint distance the last four starts and stepped up to the uh, 1,400. It's one out to 1,400 metres, a show of heart. So uh, Wendy Benero has an interesting uh, decision to make. And uh, great to see Morgan Butler uh, getting these winners on the day there because uh, he's, he's also supported areas like the Central West. I know he's based at the Sunshine Coast and does a lot of track work riding there. But great to see he got that treble. And he, he featured with uh, Wendy earlier on with a wrap-along that's been in the money at its its last four over Craig Lee Lackey for Crystal Johnson and Hannah Richardson. And then Morgan uh, also kicked home the winner, Frisco's Image. Now, Tony, Frisco's Image, you might recall, for Andrew Mead was a runner in the Battle of the Bush. So this benchmark 65 win, not surprising. It's his second win since being unplaced in the Battle of the Bush and too strong for no better affair and uh, daughting princess. Now, Interestingly, a young jockey had his first winner at the program, Landon Skies, uh, Sykes. Sorry, Landon. Um, he had ridden at Warwick and had a couple of close seconds on the day there, but in his third race ride for Rochelle Pereira, uh, a Graciana was the winner of the Sepoy Mare for Landon, defeating Love Class and Athelda. And as these young apprentices like to do when they kick home the first winner, well, why worry about just having one? Let's go for the double. And he did it with John Thomas with Roots and Rocks in the um, rating span 0 to 60, the top echelon there. So congratulations, another new apprentice and obviously one uh, brimming with ability. And we'll look forward to the results. But, Tony, there's a combination happening with Crystal Johnson and Hannah Richardson. I mentioned Craig Lee Lackey ran second on Friday night at the Sunshine Coast. Craig Lee Levy upset the hot pot in a four-horse race and it had come off an eight-length win at um, Gainder that Paul Dolan had reported on weeks ago. And now Craig Lee banded after a run at Rocky where it ran second. The city-wise four-year-old proved too strong out Mount, Mount Perry in the 0-55 uh, to 55 handicap over Persian Front and Fendoff. So uh, congratulations, Crystal and Hannah. You've got a good, formidable combination going and uh, almost had the three winners in a row, but all honours on the day to the Mount Perry Cup winner in Mr Vista. And we look forward to seeing which way Wendy Benero goes in terms of uh, that race. And you mentioned, Tony, about the quality of audio and that sort of thing, uh, but it's great to see that the new non-tab vision agreement for Queensland Racing uh, got appointed on the 13th of November. The media result came out for um, regional cast that it's now referred to as. And uh, Brendan Parnell said the non-tab circuit in Queensland contributes to go from strength to strength. Almost $11 million in prize money paid out over the last 12 months across 1,200 races. And uh, they're thrilled to announce that regional cast is the vision provider for the non-tab racing sector in Queensland. And obviously, these things are an evolving process, but it's so good to be able to get, whether it's in a recorded fashion, it can't always be live, but the evolving nature of regional cast, hopefully in the next two years, this agreement is for, you'll continue to see the the growth in that vision and, and sound quality, etc. as I'm sure they look forward to providing the best service across country Queensland. It's one thing that, uh, has, as you say, Rob, has been an evolvement uh, over the last couple of years through the, uh, the days with On The Bit and now into regional cast. And I think the next step has to be 
the scheduling. It's almost got to get to the stage of, and I know talking with some of the, the Sky uh, architects, it really is a job for them to be able to put together the timesheets when they're talking about you know, racing, not just across uh, Australia, but uh, also scheduling times for New Zealand. But to have, say, for example, race two at Blackhall scheduled for the same time as race one at Mount Perry. Once upon a time, everybody pretty much had the same sort of timesheet. You ran at like 1.30, one, uh, at uh, 1 o'clock, 1.40, 2.20, that sort of thing, and just went in intervals. But we're going to have to get into this sort of stage now, especially if we're going to have these sort of weekends where there's four, five, six, sometimes seven meetings on, that they're going to have to be staggered because it just makes it impossible for the the vision provider to uh, try and get all everything in. As we know, things will only bottleneck so much. And I know that you're going to have races that run late and things like that, but when they're just scheduled on top of each other, it's, it just makes an absolute nightmare. So that's probably the next step that things have to evolve to. Um, but it's certainly pleasing to hear that it's going to continue on because it's just been fabulous in the last couple of years to be able to catch some of these country race meetings. Yeah, I think we just all look forward to it now. And it's, and it's that level of professionalism, that standard that you're talking about, that it evolves uh, in. And, and yes, obviously, when you get areas like Blackhall where storms might be approaching, things might run earlier than what is, is scheduled or they might run later. There's always going to be those. And the beauty of it is that that, that recorded vision will go up fairly quickly, one hopes. Um, but yeah, it's the next stage. And who would have thought four or five years ago that A, we were getting vision, uh, and audio, uh, but now B, we're contemplating the actual planning of the race times, just like you see on Sky Channel. Amazing. Yeah, very, very much so. You mentioned uh, Roots and Rocks was the uh, the second winner there for Landon Sykes for his master, John Thomas. That was a leg of the Burn It to the Beach series. Now, this has sort of gone off our radar a little bit while we've been focusing on the Country Cups and also the Country Stampede. We lost the leg at uh, Cumbria on Melbourne Cup Day, so we've only had three legs so far, Rob. Uh, the next one comes up at Nango on the 3rd of December, one more this year at ESC on December 17, and then we wait until March, April and May of next year for the legs to come through at Gympie, Monto, Wandai, Burrendown and Bundaberg. So three legs in, and we've got a fairly clear-cut leader across all uh, totals at the moment. Uh, Bob Burry with 27 points leads Gary Clem on 18 as far as the uh, trainer's tally is concerned for the jockeys. Uh, out in front at the moment is Kelly Gates on 19 points, leading uh, Adam Spinks on 11. And for the uh, the owner's title for the horse at the moment, 18 points is where James Atelli is after winning at Gander and runner-up there at uh, at Mount Perry on the weekend and leads comments with 16 points. As I said, there's going to be legs coming up uh, for Nanango on the 3rd of December, Esk on December 17, the remaining five legs next year. And Tony, just very quickly, um, in that announcement for the uh, regional cast uh, from our CEO, Brendan Parnell, of course, I was away last week. I missed all the news, but of course, uh, cue to begin the search for a new CEO with Brendan uh, handing in his resignation to uh, take place, I think, early next year, uh, in autumn next year. And we'll go to a senior global racing role in the UK. Look, I can't speak highly enough as a personal view in terms of Brendan Parnell and what he's done for Racing Queensland, particularly in regard to country racing, his work with the country racing panel, with country clubs. It's just been an amazing transformation um, to the stage now where, yes, we will keep evolving, but the, the foundations on which has been created uh, by Brendan and his team has uh, led to racing in general and country racing in particular to reach a new level, and, and it's really exciting 
to look forward to what will um, now happen. You know, I mean, he's he's been involved in the media rights agreement. He's been involved in the point of consumption tax in terms of the getting the government to support country racing. And I know he so freely, willingly gave time, particularly on Bushbeat, to explain to participants everything that was happening. Uh, you know, we're going to obviously miss Brendan Parnell, but uh, he's la- laid the foundation for a really exciting future. And uh, we certainly wish him well. And uh, I'm sure between now and autumn, we'll have Brendan back on uh, Bushbeat to uh, just look at his career with Racing Queensland. We're going to press on now to have a look at the uh, country stampede qualifiers from the weekend. We had a couple of those as we lined up at Blackhall and Home Hill. Let's go to Home Hill first of all. Inside the 600 metre mark and as Bold Kingston being rated nicely in front leads about a quarter of a length now as Star of O'Reilly is still boring it up and on the outside. Back in behind them and uh, trying to pick up was Cochran who's back running third. Then Tempo who's running on. Further back Mashani, Rebel and Buster Block. Up to the home corner Bold Kingston and Star of O'Reilly straight together. Here's Tempo wider out. Tempo's ranging up quickly and grabbed the lead. Tempo poked his head in front of Star of O'Reilly. He's fighting back. Trying to get them as Cochrane. But Tempo in front. Drawing clear and Tempo wins it. Tempo first. Second with Cochrane. Probably well you'd say it was pretty unlucky. Third would be Bob Kingston. Then uh, the next one would have been The Country Stampede qualifier at Home Hill for the Burdekin Race Club taken out by Tempo written by Pietro Romeo for Terry McGovern and Laurie Wode with the call there. And that now sees Tempo qualify, Rob, uh, defeating Cochrane and Star of O'Reilly. And as you were outlining before, there's quite a few there that are currently ineligible for the Country Stampede final. So there may well be first and second or maybe first and third or, you know, some combination like that coming out of Home Hill heading off to the final. Yeah, this is an interesting little qualifier because Tempo, if you like, has just quietly been going about its business for Terry McGovern. And when it won, I thought, whoa, hold on a minute, has this horse qualified? But when you look back through its form, it's had plenty of non-TAB runs. It won at Cooktown a, a last week in a benchmark 65. Got a query with it on the wet tracks, but I'm sure we're not sure we're not going to go into forecasting the weather on early December. But look, it's won from 1,000 to 1,300. Unlucky runner probably is Cochrane, but he has that ability to also be that non-winner if you like, but uh, a horse that's going up in the grades to uh, perform so well in front of Star of O'Reilly and Bonnie Thompson almost getting it home. Bit unlucky, couldn't get the run at the top of the straight, but Tempo, he's a really interesting prosier, this six-year-old, and he's had seven wins now and eight minor placing. So, um, yeah, I've got him, got a question mark with him, but well done, Terry McGovern and team. And Pietro Romeo continuing to boot home the, uh, the winners, of course, as is Isabella Tay. She had a race-to-race double to kick off the meet with uh, Lumerai and Norwegian Wood, firstly for Ricky Gudge and then for Chris uh, Parry. And uh, so great to see Isabella, who now is down to a two-kilo claim. And the other winners on the day, Carl Spry for Chris Parry with Noir Jack and also Keely Sun uh, for Nathan Day and Ricky Gudge. So that's Ricky's double for the day. He had Lumerai and Keely Sun uh, in the uh, benchmark 60 over for Giada and Stronach. But um, look, uh, Tempo, he adds another dimension to the, the stampede and a horse like Cochrane, if it manages to get in the field, one of these days he's probably going to step up and show his true ability and it all go to plan and, and he'll uh, run a big race. But uh, Tempo's the one I'm intrigued with out of that particular heat, Tony. And the heat's continued, of course, out of Blackall and We've been excited in the Central West about a particular mare being aimed at this. Of course, not only is it owned by and bred by Basil Nolan, our breeder's president and Australian breeder's president, but Shane Iverson has been targeting a horse called Maurice Press. 
towards the country stampede for some time. And it looked a bit dubious after a fourth at Kanamoa the previous week. But on the weekend, there was no doubt about it at Blackall. Now she's got Maury's press travelling past the 600 metres mark. Has a length and a tail lead on early plea. Back along the rails is Zillator being hunted to stay with them. As around the outside goes Wall Street Tycoon into a striking position. Ancient Echoes back along the rails. Music Award is up there in third as they come to the turn. Maury's press. She opens up at the top of the straight but she's gone for the whip early. And Maury's press kicks clear. 200 metres left to go. Zillator there. Wall Street Tycoon down the outside. Music Award, Maury's Press, the press statement there. She's going off to Brisbane because Maury's Press gets home by a length and three quarters. Over into second place, Wall Street Tycoon. Photo for third, Rogue Star rattling home for third with Music Award, Ancient Echoes back along the road. Certainly looked impressive, Maury's Press uh, taking out the uh, Blackall qualifier there on Saturday. Rob, Brooke Richardson in the saddle there for Shane Iverson. I see Anna Bakos started off the day with a double and good to see Anna back in good form. But yes, this mare looks exciting. Oh, and she's a beautiful-looking mare, Tony. She's a five-year-old. She's had seven wins from 15. She's won four of the last five. Uh, and she could be a testing material. There seems to be one way to ride her, and that is to get the momentum flowing and keep it going and not, not hold her back in any way. And the girls seem to have the good record. I think Brooks had uh, five of the seven wins on her. And Wall Street Tycoon was a big run. Shane getting the Quinella, of course. It uh, looped the field from the back of the field and... Uh, fought on strongly under 63 kilos and music award as a horse in really good form and I tell you what the one thing you learn about country racing this is my last time to be calling it Blackhall but I learned something new and the importance of the roots of country racing uh, to the whole industry when you hear that the late Glenda Markwell Glenda Markwell who unfortunately we lost uh, on Derby Day she actually grew up in Blackhall, Tony. She went to primary school there. She ended up being a ringer on the uh, properties there. It was Ella May for Garth Brown. She learnt to uh, ride thoroughbreds and horses in that time. She did some track work for Charlie Prowl. She was there for a long, long time, and I never knew that about Gwenda Markle, that Blackhall was the origins of her career, and, of course, she meandered away in the end down to Kembla Grange and now was a, a Group 1 uh, winning trainer. So mm. there's so much history in these country meetings, isn't there, when you look at, at history such as that. So um, very sad to have lost her. But um, Blackall, uh, I'm sure down the track, I wouldn't be surprised there is some honour that they will give to uh, Gwenda Markwell. But you mentioned Anna Bakos and she kicked home the first two winners. Tower Road, if there's two horses to take out of the meeting, take out Morris Press and Tower Road. Tower Road... Second up after a 12-month spell, looped the field, went away and won easy over Real Hussey and Gypsy Biker. And then Anna kicked home short, takes it its first win in 18 starts after placings at its last eight runs. And good to see for Raymond Fraser, who avoided the microphone for the interview again. <laughs> um, but uh, Raymond, uh, good on you for getting short takes home with your daughter in the ownership. All sorted and never fillet into second and third. Kelmar loves this benchmark racing. He's uh, had a couple of wins now, and I think three in recent months. Defeated Sacred Stream and New York World. And uh, she made me do it. Clinton Austin and Michael Shruppel, uh, the Excites five-year-old gelding, led all the way from barrier one over Curic and Ferris Fear uh, to take out the, uh, the Class B uh, at the meeting there. But as I said, take two horses from the meeting, Maurice Press and Tower Road. I've also got to mention, we mentioned that young jockey before having his foot, Landon Skites, out of Warwick, Tony, but great to see Roger Kavanagh sending me information because the TAB meetings, all those results you'll see uh, 
well, obviously were broadcast and of course on Racing Australia. But what is fantastic, and I think this also links back to the uh, the words I mentioned about Brendan Parnell. Warwick Turf Club is really going back to the golden era uh, of improvements that they've not seen before. And the club's status has now risen from country to tier two. And Racing Queensland has backed this with a spending boom in the last 12 months. Just have a listen to these items. Includes the replacement of the old judge's tower with a state-of-the-art three-storey tower. Fittingly, the tower is named the Barry Jones Broadcast Box to honour the name uh, of the legendary race caller, Barry Jones, who was a Downs racing legend for calling. And as well, the new barriers are housed in a massive shed which also serves as a multi-purpose workshop storage area for track maintenance machinery. New swab box, extra race day stabling, and as um, uh, Roger indicates, there's no need now to try and accommodate horses, you know, move them back and forth. It's all uh, easily done. And as well, another initiative uh, made possible by Queen Racing Queensland is the employment of two permanent track curators. So... Obviously, Warwick is a club that's the envy of other country clubs and it certainly reduced the pressure on volunteers to maintain the course proper and training uh, tracks. And it's showing through when you look at those results that were there uh, through that meeting at the Warwick Turf Club and the number of runners, there were 104 for the day. It's just great to see this build-up that's going on for uh, a club such as Warwick, and I'm sure it's not the only club that will be looked at uh, down the track, Tony. Out of that Warwick program, Mark Curry had a training double and then backed it up the following day with a double at the Toowoomba Twilight program. Out of the Thursday tab program at Mackay, Ryan Wiggins rode a treble, Ricky Vale with a training double, and out of Townsville Tuesday of last week, Bonnie Thompson, Lacey Morrison and Ryan Wiggins each rode doubles at those. We only had the one race at Julia Creek on Saturday, Rob. Unfortunately, the wet weather playing havoc and we weren't able to uh, have a couple of the uh, the memorial races that rolled through and also the Julia Creek Cup. And as a result of that, uh, with the heavy downpour there after race one and the track deemed unsuitable for racing, they had to abandon the final four races. They have added a couple of races to meetings coming up. Uh, on the Saturday at Pentland, there's a benchmark 50 over 1,600 metres. And then Mount Isa on Saturday, November 26. Two races added there, a 1,450-metre open and a Class 6 plate set weights over 1,100 metres. The Julia Creek Cup will be added to the Dirt and Dust Festival race meeting to be con uh, conducted in April of 2013. So we lost those four out of Julia Creek on the weekend, but good to see that they've been able to uh, save those races and the prize money and transfer them elsewhere, and especially the Cup to the Dirt and Dust Festival Day next year. And even though there was only one race, it was Tanya Parry that got the winner with high zero and Dan Ballard, and she had about seven runners in the uh, in the field for that meeting. And uh, as I was mentioning about Warwick, Tony, isn't it great to see the provincial level of support for the Archer now climbing to 775000 in prize money, uh, a $335,000 $335, increase uh, on the initial running of it. This is just the growth of racing and country racing and provincial racing and Hopefully it'll continue to flow down to all levels uh, as we look forward to the future, Tony. Coming up this week, uh, after the uh, meeting today at Bow Desert, Gold Coast Turf Club Racing at Aquas Bow Desert, Rockhampton have a tab program on Thursday, Toowoomba with the usual tab Saturday. And I'm headed West Young Man to Roma Turf Club's Roma Cup meeting coming up on Saturday, which also is the last leg of the Country Cups Challenge and one of the uh, last two qualifiers for the Country Stampede this weekend. The other Stampede qualifier will be at Atherton. There's also race meetings at Clermont, Gympie and Pentland, where it's Cup Day. And Amateurs Day at Townsville coming up on Sunday, featuring the Amateurs Cup and the 
amateur sprint. Looking forward to our function Friday nights uh, in Roma as well. Uh, a couple of uh, people with Roma connections are going to be uh, out there to regale us with tales tall and true, I'm sure. Barry Baldwin's a former Roma Bassa Park-based trainer before moving to uh, Toowoomba and then on to Brisbane. And uh, also Rupert McCall, the racing poet, is going to be there. Rupert's got family out in the, uh, the West as well. So going to be a uh, fabulous night coming up and tickets still available for that. And you being a local Roma boy, this would be the last leg of your uh, trips for the year, culminating, of course, in the grand finale with the Country Cups and the Country Stampede mm -hmm. early December. It'll wrap up a great year of being able to visit these country areas. And I know you're going to enjoy the Roma Cup and you'll come back with all the details with us uh, next week. But, of course, email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au if you've got any details uh, of any of the great country racings. And, uh, look, we'll be back... Um, next week for Bushbeat, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Thank you for that. Thank you to Rob Luck and Scott Power for joining us this week on Bushbeat. And as always, we'll be back again next Tuesday at the same time, chasing down all of the news and results from the weekend. To all the clubs who are the racing this week, we wish you safe racing, happy punting, and I hope you're back plenty of winners.